Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back and very pleased, as always, to be joined by Sam Faddis, Charles Sam Faddis, a man of many, many parts and considerable and distinguished service to our country over the years, uh, notably as an army officer, as an undercover clandestine services officer for the Central Intelligence Agency, as an assistant attorney general in Washington state, as a congressional candidate, and as an author and essayist about um, matters of great import for our country, including his book, The Decline and Fall of the CIA, and his outstanding web resource and magazine.com. Always great to have him with us. He is a member of our committee on the present danger China, among other things these days, and uh, a great contributor to this program. We're always delighted that he's with us. Sam Faddis, welcome back. Great to be here as always. Thank you. I was talking in the previous segment with my colleague at the Center for Security Policy, John Rossimondo, about something that I know you're closely monitoring as well, Sam, and that's what's happening in the Panjshir Valley in uh, northern Afghanistan. Um, he mentioned that the Pakistanis are are helping the Taliban crush uh, the second generation uh, of the uh, Northern Alliance under the son of uh, Ahmed Massoud. Um, tell us what you know of what's going on there at the moment, including uh, what seems to be a genocide on the ground there. Well, first of all, there's absolutely no question at all that the uh, Pakistanis uh, via principally the ISI, their intelligence service, uh, have been lashed up at the Taliban for a long time, remain lashed up with them. They are in force, the ISI, on the ground in Afghanistan, and they are helping the Taliban, and they are helping them hunt down uh, opponents of the new regime. So that's, that's, that's fact and well-established and really indisputable. The most recent reports out of the Panjshir Valley are that the Taliban are now rounding up all males 12 and over and taking them away. Uh, their explanation for why, but uh, the pointedly there is no discussion of them returning and there are no camps to which they are being taken. So the the clear intent here and the understanding of everybody in the Panjshir is that all of these people every male 12 and over is not coming back. Um, and what's happening is that the Taliban is completely cleansing the Panjshir of what they regard basically, you know, a generation, maybe more of individuals who would have any knowledge of memory of the period of American presence uh, because they regard them as, you know, they would be the, they would be the genesis of, of resistance. They would be the folks that would come back to haunt them. So they're simply going to, in their terms, cleanse the Panjshir of anybody who resists them. And in, and in the past, the way they have done this with these mass executions is they take folks away, they kill them, uh, typically herd them into con uh, shipping containers, kill them, and then bury the shipping containers. Uh, as then obviously horrifying, but they, they do this because they have learned from past experience, for instance, what happened in Bosnia, that uh, the international community in the United States have the capacity to detect mass graves, even remotely, when you kill a whole bunch of people and bury them over a large area. So they have found a very efficient uh, way to pack a bunch of folks in, bury them in a container, and therefore 
make it really hard for anybody to ever produce any evidence of what happened. This is this is basically what Saddam Hussein did to the Kurds in the infamous on fall campaign. He went in and made the same cutoff, twelve and over all males, you all die, because that's how I decapitate the resistance. Sam, during your time in the Central Intelligence Agency, you were deployed for some extended period of time in Pakistan. You have operated um, against, I think it's fair to say, the ISI. Uh, you've seen what they've been doing to operate against us, for sure. Tell us just a little bit about um, the betrayal of this country by the people that we were paying to help us. Uh, we had to transit their country to resupply our forces in Afghanistan. So that was huge leverage over us. But how extensive was that betrayal? And to what degree do we really owe the Pakistanis for the survival of the Taliban and now uh, their conquest of Afghanistan? Right. Well, this, is, this again, has been an ongoing dynamic you know, forever, for as long as we've been involved in Afghanistan with the Pakistanis sort of talking out of one side of their mouths to us and giving us a minimal level of cooperation, whatever they calculate, they are required to give us at any one point in time that has varied. And then they turn right around and they, that none of this impacts at all the fact that they have continued throughout our time in Afghanistan to support the Taliban, provide them with support, train them, give them safe haven, so in large measure, they are responsible for the survival of the Taliban. And, uh, and they, they regard this clearly as a victory for this, this policy. And as, as, people like, as people like Lara Logan have pointed out, we actually have had the capacity to end this, to end this game from the very beginning, right? Pakistan is a completely economically non-viable nation with a hostile neighbor, India, that would love to destroy the state of Pakistan, which they regard as a terrorist state any day of any day of the week. So Pakistan is not a particularly formidable adversary, should we have ever decided to actually use our considerable power against them. I mean, to begin with, as I say, their economy would collapse if we wanted it to overnight. But we've never done that. We have tolerated this. And I know myself, I've had this experience, and many other agency officers had this experience of working with the Pakistanis and going, say, to round up a bunch of guys in a safe house, in other words, working against a terrorist group. And before you can get there, you find out that one of the Pakistanis you're working with made a phone call and warned the guys you were going to grab so that nobody's there by the time you get there and we play this stupid game. This brings me to the U.S. intelligence agency's um, efforts to try to induce the Pakistanis to be more helpful at the moment. Bill Burns is the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, as you know, Sam, and has, I guess, made two trips at least now to the region. Um, what is your reading of the extent to which any improvement is now being uh, made in this relationship? Uh, are, are we simply 
now writing off essentially uh, the the prospect that we will have actual help from the Pakistanis and that they will um, mitigate the danger that is so clear. John and I were talking about, and you certainly understand very well, from an Afghanistan ruled by their allies, the Taliban, and a safe haven being granted to fellow uh, Sharia supremacists. Well, I, I would say that the best you can expect from Burns or anybody else associated with the Biden administration is the accomplishment of absolutely nothing, right? It's meaningless. I mean, there's, we're not exerting any any pressure of any kind on on anybody. We that's I mean, what what are we going to what pressure are we putting on the Pakistanis? Absolutely none. Frankly, what pressure are we putting on the Taliban? Absolutely none. We're teetering on the edge on any given day, in my estimation, of releasing the nine billion dollars in Taliban funds, you know, in Afghan funds. Uh, that are sitting abroad that, that the Treasury Department basically is is holding. I mean, we're talking about an entire cabinet filled with people that are effectively puppets of of Beijing. So the prospect that any Which is a very interested is, party in all of this, needless to say. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So the prospect that anybody is leaning on Pakistan or going to influence them is zero. I mean, nothing is happening out of any of this. That's my estimation. I, in fact, uh, it does seem as though it's worse than that. I've heard reports that um, after Burns visited Pakistan, um, the intelligence chiefs of China and Russia and Iran and uh, maybe North Korea as well were um, uh, assembled there to uh, uh, presumably uh, toast the success of the Pakistanis in uh, having their way with us and promise further support for them in doing so. It's uh, really a scandal. Um, let me switch gears with you, if I can, in the remaining time we have, Sam. Your work product at End Magazine is just superb and covers a lot of ground. One other focus of particular effort of late has been the work you've been doing on the coronavirus, the well, CCP virus, we call it around here, the Chinese Communist Party virus. Um, what specifically Dr. Anthony Fauci appears to have done to contribute to the genesis of this pandemic? And I think it's not an exaggeration to say to the damage it has inflicted as well. Talk about that if you want. Hey, well, I, I think it is, it is fair to say that at this point, there are things that we know that are just matters of fact, which is that um, the, 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 this virus clearly came out of the Wuhan lab. That is that the Wuhan lab was conducting gain of function research that, by the way, the Wuhan lab, as one would suspect in communist China, has both civilian and Chinese military personnel working on biological agents there, that Anthony Fauci was funneling money to them uh, via the EcoHealth Alliance in substantial amounts that he knew precisely what it was for because the written grants pursuant to which the money was transferred spelled out in excruciating detail that all of this had to do with gain-of-function research. So he knew all of that. He was involved in it. He'd been involved in it for years. So he obviously knew it from the inception. And also, I think we should add that it is clear now from emails that have come out and other things that from the very beginning, uh, a whole series of very prominent virologists said 
when you examine this virus, there is very, very strong, clear indication that it was in effect man, that the way that what we see here are patterns of manipulation that we have only ever seen before. It, we've, we've only ever seen this structure before in viruses that have been manipulated by humans. This structure does not occur in nature. We literally have never seen a naturally occurring virus that is built this way. Obviously, I'm using layman's terms. And Fauci knew that from multiple sources from very early on. So Fauci funded this. Fauci knew all of the dangers. He knew exactly who he was dealing with. And Pretty much from day one, he had very strong evidence that this is not just a virus they collected and got loose on them. This is a virus they manipulated. They made this thing. He knew all that. And of course, he has lied about it over and over and over. So, you know, the catastrophic truth is we have placed at really at the top of our response effort to this virus, the guy who it appears made the thing in effect, or at least contributed to making the thing, which is, of course, completely mad but it continues to be the case to this day. Contributed literally um, our tax dollars, among other things, but also contributed to the damage, Sam, it would seem, by withholding that kind of information and by so doing, exacerbating the damage done. Uh, is that overstating without, his involvement? Without question. That is, no, that is not overstating. Without question. This is a guy who... That, we, that created, you know, he was involved with the creation of this entire thing and then withheld this information and actually beyond that has affirmatively lied r repeatedly uh, about this. And Americans died as a consequence of this. And yet somehow she lied, people died to sit there. Yeah, was literally true. And yet he continues to hold his position to this day and lecture us. Yeah. And another example of this, Sam, as I see it, is that he also lied about uh, the existence of therapies that could usefully be applied to minimize the damage done by this disease that he helped engineer. By that practice, he created the conditions necessary to allow the FDA to give an emergency use order for a vaccine. But he also assured that still more people died than might otherwise have done, uh, to say nothing of, you know, perhaps uh, accelerated uh, a, a virus, uh, excuse me, a vaccine for which there are, it seems, growing concerns. No? Well, all of that is absolutely true. And just to put a, you know, an exclamation mark on it, I guess, he has taken us down this road. He is responsible for everything you just laid out. He also has to understand that the way these vaccines are developed, the vaccine currently being marketed protects you at best to the extent it does. And that's a whole separate subject against the original variant of this virus, which is effectively now extinct. This vaccine does not provide immunity or protection against Delta or mu variants or any of the variants which will inevitably continue to come. It is at, it, it, before we get to the health impacts and to, to the extent in which it was ever effective, it is a protection against a disease that does not exist anymore. That's the way to think about it. The Delta is in effect and the mu are in effect new diseases. This vaccine does not provide immunity against them. And, and the only way we ever get out of this is by establishing natural 
immunity. That's another thing he has understood or must have understood from day one. And there are, as I understand it, serious concerns about whether the vaccine will inhibit, if not actually preclude people who have taken it from being able to make that natural, you know, adaptation. That, uh, that, that's, that's fact. I mean, what he has done, what this entire approach has done is guarantee that the pandemic never ends. The only way to end it is to go back to what we should have done from the beginning, treat people as soon as they get sick. And then when they recover, they will have a natural immunity, which is much, much stronger and broader than the vaccine's immunity and will, in fact, allow them to fight off future variants. So we are perpetuating the pandemic. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this more with uh, you and, and others um, in the medical community, particularly. But one last thing about Fauci. Um, it seems, according to our colleague Lawrence Sellen, that he is continuing to allow Chinese People's Liberation Army scientists uh, some, at least, associated with that biological weapons program, of which the Wuhan lab is a part, to operate inside our wire, be researchers at American laboratories, American research centers, American universities, even to this day. And it's just mind-boggling that uh, this kind of well, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but betrayal of our country is continuing and is being uh, made possible by taxpayer funds that Tony Fauci controls. Sam, your work at End Magazine in exposing these kinds of um, outrages and I hope enabling corrective action to be taken at some point soon. Um, is so deeply appreciated, as are your visits with us here, and I hope you will come back to us again very soon. Thank you for your time today, my friend. Godspeed. Keep up the good work. <laughs>